Hi there. You're listening to Untold Stories podcast, and I'm your host Ahmed Sabanju. After a brief break, our first season story, "A Good Boy," will continue where we left off last time. Just a quick recap:、um, at the end of the last episode, I had a emotional talk with David, where he cried and he told me the truth about why he had to change his age and what his age is actually is. And after that, we shared a kiss for the first time. And like I said at the time, little did I know it was also the last time. So, without further ado, if you're ready,、um, I have my drink of choice. This time, I'm switching it up a little bit.、Um, I'm I actually have whiskey for the first time. I don't usually drink it, but、um, this is an、um, peach whiskey, which is interesting. It sort of takes me back to the cool. Warm summer nights, and it's much needed during this、um, cold March night that I'm recording this on from Toronto. So, grab your beverage of choice, depending on the time and the place that you're listening to this, or just you know let go of anything else around you、um, and just focus on my voice. And let's begin. This episode is titled. Awakening. As always, life finds a way, and like a water taking the shape of the cup that it's poured in, I find myself adapting to David's routine as soon as my school starts. I wake up at 7:25 with him. We get ready together, and then he drives me to the closest subway or metro station. And that actually helped me save 25 minutes of a bus ride. Even though the drive is about five seven minutes, the bus would take longer because it would just go around and make all of the stops. And in Toronto winter, that is actually a very helpful thing that David was doing, and it was kind of out of his way to do it. But that helped me, so I was happy. But Toronto is so cold; it's colder than I've ever felt or ever experienced in my life. I'm not ready for it. As you guys know, I don't have the right jacket, I don't have the right gloves, I don't have the right hats. It's just I'm freezing all the time. Even that short walk, I would say maybe five minute walk from the parking lot where he drops me, or the drop off location that he drops me at, to the subway station to go inside, I get so cold. And I don't know. Like I remember my nose was running because it was so cold, and my eyes were watering. But My nose, as it drips, it would just freeze instantly as it hit outside air. One of those, like you know, when you go into a cave and you see these like water drip formations, I feel like they're called stalactites. I don't know. 
something like that. So I'm sure you know what I mean. And、um, I, I could actually like hold my nose and move it side to side and hear it crack. And I was shocked. I thought at first my nose was broken because it, it would crack so much, but it was just like the nasal drip that is frozen inside my nose. You see, you learn so much in this podcast. Isn't this great? And life in Toronto, I find, is so routine. Every morning when I go to the metro station, subway station,、um, I see the same people every morning、um, at the same time. Everybody's rushing, everybody's like taking the subway, and everybody's like dressed well, and、um, everybody's reading something. We didn't have smartphones then, keep in mind. So I would see a lot of people reading books, and that was something new to me.、Um, and I didn't have any books, so I would feel always left out. And I remember. Because I kept seeing the same people every morning, there was this one beautiful, not handsome, just very, very beautiful boy.、Um, he must have been like my age or a little bit older. I don't, I don't know because I never actually gotten to talk to him, but I always wanted to and I felt drawn to him. And every morning I start to look for him、um, at the subway station. And、um, I would describe him because if I close my eyes, I can imagine this guy. That's how obsessed I was with him. If Jude Law had a baby with Brad Pitt, that would be him. He had the most soulful eyes. He would just like sit by the window of the car and he would just look outside. And sometimes I would just look at him, just go by if he takes the. First subway because sometimes you couldn't get in because it was so busy,、um, and I feel like he was looking at me too sometimes. So every morning I was like,、oh, I'm gonna talk to him today. I'm gonna get a chance to talk to him. I would also see this guy at on the way back as well in the afternoon. So we must have had the same sort of time schedule. One day I noticed something about this guy. He. His left hand and arm was underdeveloped. So imagine your body developing to 21 year old, but his left hand and arm stayed maybe about two years old. So I, I, I mean, I was already like drawn to this guy, so I didn't mind anything about it, but I could see why he was so. Deep in thoughts sometimes, and I, I felt like I related to him in a way. I don't know. And yeah, everybody was reading something, and I felt so bad. So I would actually go out and pick up these free newspapers and magazines. They would have kiosks and boxes full of them, so everybody would grab them. And some, sometimes you, they would run out of these things because everybody's just grabbing it. There was a daily newspaper which I didn't care for so much, but I wouldn't be able to get it even if I wanted it.、Um, and there was also two very popular magazines in Toronto at the time, and I absolutely love both of them. One was called Now Magazine. So Now Magazine was 
all about music events and pop culture and um, movies and they would have all these articles about what's coming up what bands are playing what you know CDs are coming out and all of that and they would have the coolest people local and Canadian and worldwide on the cover so I absolutely love this magazine and as I sit here talking to you about this I ended up living right next to now magazine building which is demolished now there is a condo but it's a twist of fate because I always wanted to write for it I actually applied for um, some roles but I never got it um, so I love this magazine I don't know if I tell you enough um, but at the time I was more interested in the back part of now magazine so if anybody's listening that knows about now magazine in Toronto um, they know if you open this magazine from the beginning it's a whole different magazine it's all cultural and all of that if you open the back cover it's a whole different story first of all before hitting all the escort ads gay lesbian and straight you would see a column called savage love which I was absolutely obsessed with. So Savage Love is maybe like Dear Abby. I think this is syndicated. I think he's an actual US writer, but Canada picked it up. Um, so this guy would answer questions about people's sexual problems, but they're not just like, I can't get erection. What should I do? It was like, my girlfriend wants to put in a dildo and fuck me like that that would be that would be like a problem or they would say like um you know my girlfriend wants me to play dead when we have sex what should i do so it's all these crazy problems and i was fascinated by this i was fascinated how open this was this was a public magazine that you can pick up and read about these things and you could see all the escort ads after and then there was a classified section and they had something called missed connections and this is actually like it was like a game for me every morning i would read the missed connections and people would write um little notes to people they see well maybe they saw one day and felt like there was a connection like a total stranger but they never gotten to talk so I remember someone wrote something like to the brown colored coated girl your jacket was beautiful your hair was golden like the sun and um, you were reading the latest Stephen King novel and so was I I felt like you looked at me was I mistaken if I wasn't you can email me at this address it would be things like that and I started fantasizing about um, like writing a whole book about this or like making a movie and also one day reading that someone actually saw me and liked me and wanted to meet me imagine like just reading something about yourself and you're like I was that girl with the golden hair that was reading Stephen King's novel thank you I will call you um, never happened, but I fantasized that my 
Brad Pitt, Jude Law, Love Child would one day write something about me in The Misconnections. That was one magazine, and the other magazine was called Fab Girl. And Fab was everything. It was giving me life as a gay man. Because Fab Magazine is an actual gay lesbian magazine. Again, that you could pick up on the public space, just out in the open. And they would have they would have everything that I really wanted it. It was I don't think it was weekly. I can't remember it. Maybe it was bi-weekly because it wasn't as often as Now magazine. But on the cover they would have like hot guys, like almost naked guys. And they would actually have politicians. I remember we had a mayor um back in the day and um he was kind of spicy hot guy. And um, he was on the cover as a leather leather daddy. He wore leather. And I will put this picture on Instagram so you can see him. Um, <laughs> and we actually had the most amazing politician, Jack Layton. And he and his wife was on the cover, dressed very, like, appropriately. But they were on the cover. So politicians would not shy away from being on the cover of a gay lifestyle magazine that just blew my mind i i was i felt like i was in heaven and how you know open and um contemporary canada was just blew my mind and there was also a section in fab magazine called fab boy and there would have pictures of local guys they would send their own pictures and give a um, little bit information about them you know their age their occupation or what they're aspiring to be mostly was a DJ or an actor but they also would say like I'm a Pisces I'm a Leo and I'm looking for love or I found love and it would be half naked again like with you know their chest showing and or some would be just like showing their little butt so it was the best magazine. Um, and yeah, I lived for it. I, I was just so obsessed with these two magazines. And I would actually collect Fab. I actually have some old um, magazine issues still. Which might be worth something now. Um, anyway, so everybody's reading Stephen King and the latest novels. And I was there just reading my Fab magazine with the Fab Boys. School was actually going well too, even though I felt like I was the oldest guy at 21. Being oldest in a class is not a good thing, meaning that the other people in the class are like 14, 15. And at that time, that age gap is a lot. And I found that I didn't have a lot of in common with them. And they would ask me questions about university and how I did it and what was my secret. And mostly people were from Brazil which puzzled me because these Brazilian people they're in Toronto in the coldest time of the year where in Brazil I would believe it would be hot and nice so and I didn't get that I'm like why are you here you should be in Brazil <laughs> but I guess a lot of people wanted to just stay in Canada because it's just a better way of living um, but yeah school was fun I don't think I learned anything, but um, I, I was done 
around 4 p.m. 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. I was done early, so I would have time to walk around a little bit before going back to the metro station so I get to meet David so he would pick me up and drive me back home. So the second week of the school, I stopped going back to classes after our lunch break. So when we break for lunch at 12, I would just leave. I, I actually just walked downtown. I just wanted to explore the city a little bit and I found the classes boring. So my school was actually on a street called Young and Eglinton, so the crossover of these two streets. So what's special about Young Street is um, it's one of the longest roads in the world. I think it was in Guinness World Record book one time. I don't think it is any, any longer. No pun intended, but I believe it's about a thousand miles because I actually did, I remember singing this song in my head. I would walk a thousand miles, right? So I remember it. I was like, yeah, Young Street is a thousand miles. Um, So that would be like 1800 kilometers, I guess. So it would start from Young and Lakeshore. So from the start to Young and Eglinton, there was about six kilometers, eight kilometers maybe. Um, So I would actually walk about five kilometers every day. Most of it was out, most of it was underground, which is interesting fact about Toronto we do have all these underground tunnels that you can go almost anywhere you want from so I would walk a little bit and then come a certain point maybe a kilometer later or two kilometers later I would go underground and I was able to take my jacket off there were all these malls like there were shops malls stores food anything you want and I believe it even connected to some of the um, condos or apartments directly. So you would take your elevator down to this tunnel and you could go to your work from this tunnel um, without ever going outside. And I think at this, this was done because Toronto was so cold and I think it was trying to help people out. So we have this great underground system. And I would explore that. I would uh, navigate it every day, just exploring a different side. And I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the warmth of it. And I would take this underground tunnel all the way to my favorite place, Toronto Public Library at Young and Bloor area. And when I first saw this building, I didn't... Out from outside, like most of the Toronto buildings, it doesn't look much. It, it's still pretty, but it's brown stone and glass. But inside, oh inside, I will definitely post pictures on Instagram, you have to check it out. It was the most mesmerizing building I've ever been to. I don't think I've ever been to a library in Turkey, and I'm sure we have amazing libraries there as well. It's just i never gotten to go into one, really. And here I was in Toronto and just the warmth of the library and seeing people just reading and 
being there among these people, it felt special to me. And I would every day go pick up a book that randomly I would just pick one, not check it out so that I can just take it and just re read it inside the library. So I would do that. And um, one day, I think it was like the third week of our class, this teacher that I like, it was a boy, like it was my age or a little bit older. He gave us um, a book name that we should read for the class called Awakening. And I, instead of buying it, I thought I would go to the library and check it out. And um, so I, that day I remember making my routine walk underground to the library, not realizing that that day I would meet the man that would change my life forever. I go into the library that day to find this book that my English teacher recommended called Awakenings by Oliver Sacks. And because I've never heard of this book before, I thought I should go to the information desk to ask for it. And there were a few people in front of me. Um, I got in the line. But the girls, two girls that were right in front of me were so annoying. They were just talking so much and occasionally look back and giggle to my face. And I don't know if it was like a flirty thing or just a making fun thing, but it annoyed me. So I turned to the side so I don't have to see them all the time. And that's when I saw him, the guy standing behind me. He must have been six feet tall, broad shoulders, big muscular legs, straight black hair, and this gorgeous blue-green eyes. And uh, He was so handsome. If I could describe him, it would be a young Alec Baldwin. He looked that cute. And I must have checked him out quite obviously because he looked at me and he started smiling. And I got so embarrassed, I just turned around and didn't look back again and soon it was my turn to talk to the receptionist and I just asked for the book and I just stepped to the side and the lady was so nice um, she said someone will get it for me get the book for me and um, and I was just waiting and then I saw him just walk up to the receptionist and I'm trying to listen in, of course, because I'm curious. And he says with a weird tone, I'm also looking for Awakenings by Oliver Sacks, but I'm looking for the movie with Robert De Niro. And I just look at him because it just surprised me so much. It's such a coincidence, right? And I look at him and he's looking at me and the receptionist is looking at both of us and there's this weird staring contest going on with an awkward silence and receptionist just all of a sudden says, wow, 
a 10-year-old movie and a 30-year-old book is having its moment today. Like she says this very loud and then she says, Someone called the poet of modern medicine. I guess that's Oliver Sacks. And we just look at each other with young Alec Baldwin and just start laughing. And then he comes over to me. And we don't say anything. <laughs> it's just like we're just smiling and standing next to each other. And there's this awkward silence. And all of a sudden, I, I feel the need to break the silence. So I say, I'm, you know, my teacher recommended me this book. So I've never heard of it before. And I don't know if it's any good or not. And he says, oh, the book is really good. A teacher recommended the DVD for me as well. And I say, oh, okay, nice. And he says, I am the teacher. I'm a teacher. And I, I say, great. Congratulations. <laughs> and then he laughs too. And then he says, Steve. My name is Steve. And I say, nice to meet you, Steve. My name is Ahmed. And then he says, Ahmed. Ahmed? Ahmed. He's trying to pronounce my name and and of course like no English person can pronounce my name right away. And he says, because he's so kind and nice, he says, am I pronouncing it right, Ahmed? And I say, no, it, but it's okay, nobody can at first. It takes a little bit of practice. And he says, oh, then I sh you're saying that I should practice saying your name? And I realize what it sounds like. And that wasn't what I, I wasn't flirting because I don't even know how to flirt with a man, especially in public. So I'm all red in the face and I'm just so shy. I stop talking. I don't know what to say. And then he's just looking at me and I'm not saying anything. And after a while we just stop talking and then the book comes and I grab it and I turn over and I say have a good day and he says you too and then I turn around and I start walking away and I hear the receptionist yelling behind me and he's like hang on sweetie you can't just walk with walk away with the book you have to give me your name and your number she looks at Steve and she says, maybe you want to do the same? <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know if I can be any redder in the face. I just want the ground to open up and just swallow me whole. I just don't want to. I'm just so embarrassed. And Steve is looking at me and the receptions too. Everybody's just like looking awkward and the girls, they're laughing. So I just tell her, no, I'm just going to read it here a little bit. And if I want to check it out, I'll, I'll come over again. And I just turn away and run, honey. I just run. I'm just so embarrassed. I want to cry. So I find the couch 
that is like the chair, the armchair that is like the furthest away from the reception area, the information desk area. And I just sit right in and I open the book in the middle and I just hide my face because I'm just so red and I'm like shaking and I'm like, oh my God, what the hell just happened? What? I never had anything like this happen to me. So I don't know this feeling. And I was like, was he flirting with me? What, should I have said something? Or no, he can't be flirting. He was probably, you know, just being nice. Or maybe he was making fun of me. Of course, you know, like, you don't know anything. You're just this guy that knows nothing that just came to this country and just making a fool of your fool of himself. And I'm thinking these thoughts and all of a sudden I hear Steve's voice. And he says, oh, the book must be so riveting that you're already in the middle of it. And I put the book down a little bit. I look at him and I say, oh, yes, yes, so riveting. And then he says, that's too bad, because I actually came over to say, if the book is not that great, you can watch the movie. I can give you the, I can lend you the DVD. And I say, thank you so much. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. I have to check out the book first. And he says, actually, there was one more thing that I wanted to tell you. And I say, what is it? And he says, do you know the best way to learn how to pronounce a word is to say it in a sentence. You have to keep using it in a sentence. For example, Ahmed is in uh, Ahmed is at the library. Ahmed is sitting down reading Oliver Sacks. Ahmed has a cute jacket much like him and my heart is beating so fast I don't know what to say I can't just stop smiling because this guy who is cute as hell is flirting with me and I'm just I've never had this happen to me so I'm just so excited nervous I'm shaking and I don't know what to say So I say, actually, the pronunciation is getting better. Just think of it like H is silent. So you just say Amit. And he kept saying Amit, Amit, Amit. Anyways, and then he says, would Amit want to have coffee with me one day? And I look at him and I say, absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Untold Stories podcast. If you like the story so far and you want to find out what happens next, don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you getting your podcast from. And also, don't forget to check out the Instagram page Untold Stories podcast, where I will be posting images to go along with each episode to sort of help you visualize the story a little bit better. Until next time, 
Don't forget to take care of yourself, but also to listen into that voice inside of you that may have its own untold story that is ready to be told. See you next time.